0: Hello, my fellow roadies. This is Aubrey. Starting the new year is often associated with two things. One, a fresh start, clean slate, and two, ways to improve oneself. In the spirit of self-development, I am extremely excited to share with you the Road to Rediscovery Wellness Alignment eBook series. The three-part series talks about ordinary practices that support your wellness, your physical and mental state, and serve as an anchor for pursuing your desired self-improvements such as finances, relationships, career, and more. The wellness alignment series is available at roadtorediscovery.com slash shop as well as Amazon. I truly hope you find these short reads valuable for personal development, and please feel free to share with anyone you feel this could help. Thanks so much for your continued support.
1: In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to The Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on past life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. Have you ever wondered why we struggle with anger, anxiety, depression, and our bad habits? In a world of cause and effect, what did we do to bring on this despair? For some of these, there are things we may have done where we are truly accountable, but for the others, What if we did nothing, absolutely nothing, other than simply be born into this world? My special guest can bring some insight and understanding to this dilemma. He is a coach specializing in intergenerational trauma healing. He's also the author of the book, and there's some expletives, so I'm going to use initials here. You are the effing S. Heal Your Anxiety, Anger, and Depression from the Ground Up. We're thrilled to have him here to share his insights in the importance of tapping into the root cause of our struggles. Let's welcome Michael Shu. Michael, welcome Thank you to for the having show, me. man.
1: Thank you for having me. I also um, newly released a book called Whose Movie Are You In? transform your intergenerational trauma into your source of light that one takes it really into the depth or the realm of um intergenerational trauma healing
0: oh really so was that recently released you mentioned
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: fantastic oh man yeah i i i can't wait for you to share some insights from that book which we'll get to here later in our conversation thank you for mentioning that though for sure so those are two amazing books Michael, let's uh, just start with sharing with the listeners, you know, like uh, uh, where you're from, what was life like for Michael growing up?
1: Uh, I'm from California. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, you mean start right from like as a baby, or do you? Want me to-
0: oh no! I mean, you know, just like your formative years, like um, in elementary school, middle school. What were some of your interests? Um, was it something at that level that inspired you to get into what you're doing now? You know, just just uh, uh, at a high level, your your upbringing and childhood.
1: Um, I mean, I never thought I would be able to be, be able to do this work. I never had the confidence. I would always ask mm-hmm. everybody for advice. I mm. uh, even annoyed a few friends um, <laughs>
0: from asking a lot of questions.:
1: Yeah, but it was through a breakup in a relationship mm. and that I was able to take a look back and understand the relationship, understand the other person. and when I the depth I was able to understand gave me the confidence that I could actually do this for a living. Uh, I had a passion for it and a gift for it. Mm. And, and then, so I already had a practice, um, right. but I did, I help people with their holistic health. And then I started asking questions um, about their emotional health. And then yeah. when I did that, 70% of them would just start crying. Mm. Um, and that's how, that's how I started. But to really answer your question, how was my, uh, my childhood and upbringing uh, growing up right from the get go uh, when I was An infant, Um, my mother never took care of me throughout the night because she she was scared if she were to um, be woken up by me, she would never be able to go back to sleep. So she was scared of of death. Um, So then it was my mother, my father who took care of me throughout the night. He slept with me Mm. in the nursery room.
0: Mm. I got you. I got you. Wow. So, um, and uh, thank you for sharing that. Now, um, when it comes to what you shared a few minutes ago in uh, your inspiration behind gaining the confidence to do the work that you're doing now, it sounds like, you know, energy feeds from energy, right? And so uh, like you said, you've asked certain questions to people and they would cry um, it, some of their responses and how they confided in you and connected with you, um, that that helped feed energy to you to gain the confidence to do the work you're doing today. Would, would that be accurate or close?
1: That's true. Uh, but having said that, even as I was writing my first book, even as I was writing my second book, mm-hmm. even as I'm doing this interview right now, there's that voice in my head that with every word, every line that I wrote said, this is going to fail. I'm going to mess up.
0: Mm.
1: I'm going, you know, if you mess up, you're going to fail, disappoint everybody else. You're gonna lose it all, fail, fail, fail. And so what I realized is that there are two sides of the coin. The one I'm gonna focus more on this one side of the coin so if you're struggling with something uh, and it keeps on coming up and up, coming up, no matter what you have known consciously growing up in your life, very likely it is a ancestral and an intergenerational vibration or an ancestral and intergenerational trauma that keeps repeating. So it didn't really belong to you or doesn't didn't really start with you. Mm. And when you can see that, sense that, you can really, I feel like, get in touch with your multidimensional self. You see mm-hmm. how expansive you really are, and it goes down, down, down the line. And you can have a huge sense of relief, knowing that it doesn't really belong to me. Like, when I look in the mirror, sometimes, especially because I had, I had these sleep issues Great. that were set off by my mother uh, okay. For example, like um, she didn't take care of me throughout the night. So when I had my own newborn, I repeated the same exact trauma. I internal, mm. I felt it internalized it. Mm-hmm. And I had these fears of being woken up, not being able to go back to sleep, fearing death. Mm-hmm. And it was only when after two months, uh, when um, once my son was born in Czech Republic, we came back to the U.S., and my parents picked us up at the airport and we all had dinner that same night and we we're sharing stories on how we raised, you know, me as uh, my, my son as a newborn and how my parents raised me as a newborn. Right. That's right. when I found out that story.
0: Okay. And so
1: I realized like, wow, I internalized my mother's pain and trauma repeated the same exact pain and trauma
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I had my own newborn and that's where I have these sleep issues. So if I have these poor sleep, then I'll look more tired and worn out and I'll, Look, I feel I look ugly, and I don't want to look in the mirror. You know, I, I right. and this feeling of ugliness—I don't know. Like nobody ever told me I was ugly, but right. my father's mother, which I only met like a handful of times mm-hmm. for very briefly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she had six children, and she favored one child because she thought he was better looking in her. In their home, mm. all the pictures are of that one child, not the other children.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. And
1: when my parents first got married, the first thing my grandma said to my mother is, you'll never be as pretty and smart as my other son's wife.
0: Oh, my gosh. The
1: really? one that she favored. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I can, so when I feel this feeling of ugliness inside, mm-hmm. um, I I can sense and the why I keep struggling with it. And yeah. I was never told this, that I was ugly. Right. I can sense like, oh, I'm in the movie of my grandmother. Mm, you know, see. she's, she's lived in Taiwan. Um, now she has Alzheimer's, but I only met her like three times. And I couldn't even really speak Chinese growing up. So, mm. but it's just very interesting that you can, when you pick up these things that seemingly like, you struggle you struggle you struggle so much with yeah it's because it's an ancestral and intergenerational trauma vibration
0: gotcha gotcha 100 thank you for such a clear description of how that how that works and how that plays out and furthermore michael i want to thank you personally for uh giving the example and the demonstration of how it plays out with your own personal experience right so um, that takes a lot of transparency, it takes a lot of bravery for someone to reveal that uh, of themselves for the benefit of the listeners to understand this. So thank you once again um, for that, man. And, you know, I have to tell you, this, um, this is a, a very important, um, it's a very important topic that I think needs to come to the surface more often that people should talk about. Uh, like you said, um, you know, there's some level of relief in knowing that you are not the cause for this, but some part of that vibration, like in your example, with um, the feelings of ugliness, right? Even though no one directly said that to you within your family, you felt that vibration from what your grandmother told your father's mother about never being as pretty as the, the, the favorite son's uh, wife, it sounds like. So you felt those vibrations, even though it was, it may have seemed indirect, it had an effect and a trickling effect. So when it, it and, and thank you for sharing how the conversation came about to where you learned this as an infant, you know, with, um, with, with how uh, and where these sleep issues come from, right? So with that, I'm going to ask, because there's a lot of, or a a significant amount of awareness, I think, that someone needs to have to understand this uh, vibration effect, right? This um, uh, ancestral, uh, intergenerational vibration right there's a there's there's got to be some level of awareness that the individual should have when it comes to trying to figure out why they're dealing or struggling with these types of things so as a coach can you describe the awareness that you give to people who doesn't realize that their struggle is intergenerational uh, or even you know, helping them understand what it is and what it means. Um, h- how do you draw that awareness out of them so you can do the good work?
1: Uh, there's a process which I mentioned in the book called the emotional strength mm-hmm. fist process F I S T. Okay. And so that's it. Goes from step A mm-hmm. to step Z to so to mm-hmm. to bring the battle awareness because people are not thinking about that intergenerational trauma; they're thinking about the problem that's bothering them that's right, or the emotion that's bothering them. That's all that they're really thinking about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we start off with F, which is feeling. Mm-hmm. People don't like to the feel. They're always thinking, thinking, and overthinking. Right. But I tell people feeling is healing. And you got to get to the root of your feeling. Your, your negative thoughts are rooted in negative feeling. And mm-hmm. they're so fixated on the problem. But the mantra that I will help you center yourself is the – I say – Problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened.
0: Now that is poignant, very poignant and very profound. In fact, (laughs) I'm so glad you said this, Michael, because that is actually on a sign that you're holding on your website. And that was one of my questions. Uh, you know, to, to to share what that means, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat it once again for the benefit of, of our listeners. Okay, uh, problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. Uh, can you share that breakdown of what that what that means for the listeners?
1: Yeah, so we got in get in touch with with our feel feelings, mm-hmm. but and the act of feeling. Because mm-hmm. feeling is healing. But what we're doing is we're always thinking, thinking, and thing. It's the racing mind. Mm-hmm. And the racing mind will tell us it is a certain problem causing you a certain negative emotion, negative feeling. So if you fix a problem, mm-hmm. you'll fix the negative feeling. But the reality is the negative feeling preceded the problem. So even if you fix the mm-hmm. problem, the core issue, the core negative feeling still exists. Now. Gotcha. That feeling is going to say something negative about you, but it's not true about who you really are. I call it cutting the head off the snake. You got to identify the feeling. You got to pull out the weeds. Mm-hmm. So it no longer controls how you feel and think uh, subconsciously. And so that's, th- w- that's part of the fist process. First is feeling, you know, the act yeah. of feeling. And yeah. then I is to identify the feeling. When I identify. So And then you identify through something I call the POOF process, P-E-W-F, problem, emotion, W, it's a worst fear, worst case scenario. So for example, problem for me is sleep, not sleeping enough, emotion, anxiety, worst Mm -hmm. fear is I'm going to die. Okay. Okay. And- You want to think about if your worst fear came true, how would that make you feel about who you are? Hmm. And and there are three common feelings that come up. I call it FWP. Failure or failing others. W is an umbrella feeling with subcategories. Worthlessness. I don't matter. People don't care about me. I'm abandoned. I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Even the fear of death, because if you die, you cease to exist. And P is powerless powerless as a protector because you feel immensely responsible for others or powerless because you are a control freak you know because you need to be in control so for me if i were to die what really is i see i feel like i don't exist i don't matter i'm unwanted that's Mm. why it really bugs me that my wife is always late (laughs) okay yeah on a second date she was 40 minutes late
0: Oh, 40.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought 40 you was
0: talking like five minutes, seven no, minutes. No, 40 minutes like late. 40. Okay. 40
1: minutes late. She said, but then that's just the way she is. And so when she's late, it makes me angry because it makes me feel like I don't matter. Right. And she, her life lesson is to be more, more loving of others and less self centered. So that's already a life lesson. That's why, so her normal operative is to make self centered unilateral unilateral decisions yes. which bug the heck, heck out of me because it makes me feel like don't matter but she's right. a trigger though she's a trigger for my healing that's something that she trigger. needs to work on but mm-hmm. she's a trigger for my healing so the feeling is i don't matter okay the fear of death is like kind of like is there but it's really at the core of it there is a feeling like i don't exist now you want to i you like you identify the feeling you go into S, separation, which is about whose movie are you in? Right, right. What does that mean? You want to ask yourself, do you have the gift of high sensitivity? How do you know? If somebody around you is feeling anxious, angry, sad, or depressed, are you able to feel it, sense it, or pick up on it? Right. If yes, then you are in the category of the one out of five of high sensitive, high sensitivity and high empathy. Gotcha. And so- you apply the same poof process PWF to each one of your parents
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and you identify their core feelings and you identify where their feelings came from. So my, my mother, yeah, has the fear of death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like I said, like the, the house that she lives in during the day, all the blinds are closed. It looks like it's nighttime, oh you know? she yeah. lives in a nice neighborhood the, mm-hmm. all the windows are barred up alarm system surveillance system mm. the door has a lock a chain lock and she puts a chair against the door handle mm. you know oh, wow. so there's yeah. a fear of death and that's why oh why i understand why i fear death and i'm so obsessed about health so obsessive about my sleep that i get poor sleep yes you know and so i see that what is the intergenerational trauma that planted the seed of all right there's multi-facets to it but my grandmother uh never really hugged her and always hugged her brother right oh and said and showed love to the her brother and would mock her you know Mm -hmm. and said like oh no when you smile don't smile because when you smile you look like watermelon with seeds
0: oh my gosh
1: but my grandma's—I mean, right now she's loving. I love her very much. Sure, sure. That was that was during that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can see. Okay, that's what's she feels, emotionally abandoned by her mother. Now I can get closer. Okay. But also, you go further, further down the line. My grandmother grew up in China during World War II, and she she was escaping Japanese and communist invasion. But the thing is her, her mother was her father divorced her mother when she was five years old because Mm -hmm. he wanted a wife that was prettier and more educated. So, and then, but then the stepmother that the, the second wife that my great grandfather married, did not want my grandmother part of the family so she w- my grandmother was raised by her grandparents but this mm-hmm. is world war 2 yeah ja- japanese invasion communist invasion and she's fleeing for her life right and so she flees to her father's new home for safety mm-hmm. but when he opens the door he's dis- he's disappointed because he knows his second wife will be angry right so with her life on the line she is not protected by her father
0: oh my gosh yeah so
1: now I understand the intergenerational trauma of abandonment. Yes. While I feel like, oh, it's selfish. My, I don't like my wife for being selfish, but really I feel unwanted, mm-hmm. you know, and my mom fixates on the fear of death without knowing that she's actually in her own mother's movie of abandonment.
0: Uh, I got you. That's a great yeah. example. Yeah. Yeah, she is. In her own mother's movie, right? So, two sides of the coin. She was yeah.
1: emotionally abandoned by her mother, but the right. reason why she fixates on death so much is because she's in her mother's movie of emotional abandonment. Having said that, the fear of death is another element. My grandmother, in, would she, she had to flee on her own by herself? Yeah, she had yeah. to take a rest on, on mountains and hills, and her f- feet were all swollen. From all the running mm-hmm. as a teenager, mm. she when she was in her home with with her grandparents and um, other family members, she was hiding in the barn and communists invaded the home and she saw her family lined up and killed execution style.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: So I understand so traumatic the the fear of death that my yes. mom she still lives in that wartime. But then mm. she was only like one. Okay, so when she was two years old. So my grandma was fleeing to Taiwan. Um, she had my mother, two years old, on top of a train because there was no space in the train. It was oh raining gosh. and she was fleeing. Um, and they crossed the bridge. Once they crossed the train, crossed the bridge, it was bombed. So they barely escaped death. Oh so these gosh. are things you she doesn't remember this stuff, but right, she's right. it's in her, it's 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 in her energy. Ener, Like she picks it up, you know, when you're young, when when you're like, once you're born, you pick up everything. You don't remember anything, but you pick up everything. Right, right. So I I can see how the fear of death, the abandonment, everything. I can see how this ancestral intergenerational vibration and trauma, and I can begin to (sighs) separate from it.
0: Right. And that better equips you to unpack, right? Unpack what is troubling you, what you're struggling through, uh, and it helps you to better manage and, and, and resolve what you're going through because you have that understanding, you have that relief that allows you to have that separation, the, the S in, in, in the FISTA model, right? Yeah. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. So, Michael, can you share with the listeners, and I know you shared some anecdotes and insights on, on your second book, um, can you share a little bit more about the second book and the podcast, uh, and 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 what the podcast is all about?
1: Um. So wait, wait. Share more, more. Like, what about the second book?
0: Is there any additional information about the second book that you can share, uh, and then talk about the podcast?
1: Okay, I. I have the podcast up. I I go in and out. I don't really do that much because my joy is really writing and consolidating everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, uh but the last part, the transformation, the fifth process. It's about okay, you separate from the movie that doesn't belong to you. Okay, now it's time to create your own movie. I what see. is your what is your calling? Instead it. of living in the movie of others, because when you this is what I what the high sensitivity gift I call emotional tennis. Mm-hmm. When you miss, uh, you don't use it consciously or correctly, mm-hmm. you can subconsciously zap yourself into somebody else's movie, mm-hmm. thinking it's your own, okay. and that is the experience that is confusing, painful, and traumatic because no matter what you do in this movie, nothing ever changes.
0: Right
1: now, it's time to create your own movie. Mm-hmm. Having said that, you that you got to answer your calling. Having said that, when you do that your deepest and darkest demons come to the surface. The intergenerational trauma comes up even stronger. But for you to be free of it. Right. Okay. Like I said, when I'm trying to write the book, when I'm trying to, even doing this podcast, the voice says, you're going to fail, going to fail, you're going to fail. And that's the ancestral trauma. I can go, you know, watch a bunch of YouTube videos, go on Facebook to avoid and numb it all. Right. But I'm, that's, that's just my numbing and comfort zone. I got to face it, be free of it, and transform it. Because the quote that I use in the book is that pain is your greatest teacher. Yes. The lessons you learn from pain will transform you, yes. your family, your ancestry, yes. and the world. So that's about transformation. I'm going to take my struggle, my, my pain, my trauma my ancestral trauma, I'm going to transform it. Yes. Because I'm meant to do that into my source of light. Gotcha. And I'll I'll give you some really interesting. So I I was able to coach other podcasters who volunteered themselves for the podcast, for the book. And you can see their examples and their actual coaching dialogues. Mm -hmm. So I'll Mm -hmm. I'll share some that were really um, interesting about creating your own movie. So this lady, her name is uh, Scotty. She's not a podcaster, but she volunteered himself. So, mm-hmm. uh, and she, she is scared of her husband dying in the middle of the night. He has sleep apnea. So, and, and then she, she, he dies and she'll be alone. And right. she'll wake him up frequently in the middle of the night just to see if he's still alive.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, and then so wow. her fear is she, she's going to be alone if he dies. They live on a farm, and mm-hmm. so like, well, she really will be stranded. And you can tell that her mother. Okay, so her mother committed suicide a year ago. Okay. Okay. And she felt angry at the mother for leaving her like that, especially when her she was her mother's personal therapist.
0: Right. Gotcha.
1: But the okay, so the mother. What did she go through? The mother was physically and sexually abused by her stepfather.
0: Mm, Gotcha. Okay. But her
1: own mother, so Scotty's grandmother, did not protect her because she herself did not want to be alone.
0: Gotcha. So So, you're going back two generations now. Yeah.
1: yeah. So Scotty's feeling of loneliness, Mm -hmm. of being abandoned, it's part of her mother being abandoned. Because she was not protected. Her own, grand, her, uh, Scotty's mother's mother or Scotty's grandmother did not want to protect her. Mm-hmm. She said, keep it, uh, uh, keep, keep it quiet because right, she, right. Did, she herself didn't want to be alone. But why did Scotty's grandmother fear to be alone? Because her father died of, Scotty's grandmother's father died of Lou Gehrig's disease when she was seven years old.
0: Mm, okay. So
1: somebody died, and then she's alone. Yes. So that's a part of the reason why Scotty wakes up her husband because if he, her fear is that he will die and she will be alone.
0: Wow. So she's, 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 that vibration is, is, is all around her.
1: All around Uh, her. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and and so once that's reached and acknowledged in the work that you've done with with Scotty, let's say, um, the next step is, Letting people know how to release themselves or separate? Well,
1: well create her own movie. Yeah, separate yeah. and create but, her own yeah, movie, yeah. okay. But the, the really interesting thing is Scotty's biological father, which she only saw maybe a, a couple of times in her life. So the, you have parents that are not physically present or not even known at all, okay? mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You can even be in their movie. So Scotty's, because we already did that. That was the first session, but it kept, it, it came up again. Gotcha. Okay, she still felt gotcha. still waking up her husband. So I tried to understand her biological father. Like, Oh, he wasn't in her life. So I didn't really dab dabble in too much in that, but I wanted to understand more and her biological father and his brother both were orphaned because their mother died of a brain aneurysm when they were kids, mm-hmm. and their father did not want to be in their they didn't want to be in their life, so oh he he didn't step up to the plate, so he left, so they became orphaned uh, orphans at a really early age. So again, a loved one dying, and you become alone. A parent dying, right, and you become alone. So then that's why she's. Fearing that she's gonna be alone, why she fears her her loved one, her her husband's gonna die, and then she's gonna be alone, and I so that's that's really interesting. But then it's time to create her own movie.
0: Her own movie, absolutely, yeah. man, Michael, that is tremendous, man. Thank you for sharing that uh, because again, that paints a clear picture, uh, and it it, it also it, it also illustrates that you know um, this 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 feeling that she has of him uh, uh uh dying and her being left alone uh there's an origin to that right it's not just the fact that they're together alone on a farm and she'll be all alone when he's gone but you know it's it, that's just the surface but then you crack into it and you drill down and and notice this intergenerational uh, uh vibration you know that's that's going through on, you know with trauma and despair and feelings of loneliness and abandonment you know that's uh man that's 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 tremendous man you do an excellent job painting painting that picture Michael I want to thank you for that so uh where can and how can the listeners connect with you and and where can they find more information and insights from 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 you know what you shared with us and more
1: wait one, one last thing about uh, that's Sky creating her own movie. Oh, sure. Is it sure. okay? Yeah. So it's time to create her own movie. And so I asked her about that. She loves arts and crafts. She grew up in a lot of poverty. So she her passion is to make arts and crafts out of anything. Mm-hmm. And so uh she talked about junk journaling, which is like taking any scraps and, and putting into a notebook. And in that notebook, there's a lot of inspirational writing prompts. Gotcha. Um, and then she's like, I She's, she wanted to try doing this and she started, but then she would always give up because she's like, oh, it's not stable income. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I was like, so what do you fear about not having stable income? She's like, well, okay. I'm, going to go. I'm going to go into debt. And if I go into debt, I'll go into collections. I'm going to go to jail eventually. And if I'm in jail, I'll be locked in the jail cell. No internet, no connection with friends. I'll be alone again.
0: Alone. It all comes back to that.
1: Alone. So we talked about, okay, junk journaling, know that, okay, know, again, that intergenerational trauma is inhibiting you. Let's transform that. Let's take that as a plus and transform that. So we called it freedom journaling. Freedom is the antithesis of feeling alone. Yes. Yes. So that's taking that pain and transforming into your source of light.
0: Very nice. Very nice. So Man, I mean, those are practical and strategic approaches to, uh, to, to addressing those, those struggles that she's had for so long. You know, um, I, 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 I love how you share it and express that uh, for the listeners, Michael. Man, no, thank you for that and capping that story off with, uh, with, with her for sure. So muchly, much appreciated um, uh, sharing that story with Scotty. Uh, thanks again, Michael. So, um, can uh, fans reach out to you or check out yeah. your website?
1: Yeah, my website is heal h e a l from the ground uh, and gotcha. they can get access to my books there. It's all on Amazon. Okay. Um, whose move are you in, or you are the F F and S? Okay. Um, so it's all it's all there. I do individual sessions Mm -hmm. um and uh and they can check out my podcast on my website as well
0: beautiful beautiful thank you michael i'm going to have direct links to the podcast the website and the books on the episode show notes so that our listeners can directly click off of those show notes to get to connect with you man so uh man this one one last
1: thing i want to say is that okay this intergenerational or ancestral vibration and trauma, which is coupled with the child. I didn't really talk about as much childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. which just feeds into the ancestral intergenerational trauma. Mm -hmm. It just like, it just keeps adding to it. Gotcha. This I feel is the unspoken taboo topic of our society and humanity. Yet is the most pervasive pain in trauma of our of our world, and it through the generations. We don't want to talk about it because it feels horrible, yeah. but we consistently cre- repeat the same movie of our past family members, of our childhoods, and the problems of our world, the problems of humanity. It's all about these unresolved pain and trauma of our childhoods of our ancestry of our through the generations if we can wake up to this we can transform ourselves our families because there's a lot of trauma happening in the families so much trauma and we're so fixated on the news and neglecting the trauma happening in their homes And, and and we take that and it's gonna the world will change the world will shift i believe
0: yeah, I, I truly believe as well, Michael. And um, like I mentioned it a little earlier in our conversation, you know, this is this is a, a a situation. This is a dilemma that needs to be tapped in more and recognized more, right? And to your point, the whole thing is cyclical. It's perpetual, and it and it's the most critical, most um, afflicted situation. That people have um, from generation to generation, from family to family, uh, but it's the least talked about. It's the taboo, like you t- like you mentioned, man. I mean, uh, it, it really needs to be tapped into and unpacked. That's why I wanted you to share um, specific examples of what it is and what that means, and strategic uh, approaches, um, like you did in your example with Scotty, man, um, man. Michael, I really, really appreciate uh, this conversation. I appreciate your insights, man. And uh, I, I'm very grateful and the listeners are very grateful for, for what you've shared with us, man. So, uh, so thank you so much. I would like to go into a segment called Three for the Road now. And in Three for the Road, I ask my guests three thought-provoking yet profound, well, not profound, well, I guess sort of profound, random yet thought-provoking questions. Uh, that I challenge them to answer in five words or less. So what do you say, Michael? You think you're up for it?
1: I'll give it a try.
0: <laughs> All right, <laughs> cool. My questions are always customized to my guests based on their um, their background, their expertise. So they're never cookie cutter. Uh, no uh, two guests ever get the same question. So here we go. Question number one for Two for the Road. Name a game, or physical activity that is useful in addressing anxiety?
1: Meditation.
0: I like it. Meditation.
1: Meditation on stillness.
0: Love it. Meditation on stillness. Uh, That's that simple words that says it means so much. All right. Michael, question number two. Name a food besides comfort food <laughs> that is useful in addressing anger, anxiety or depression.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, maybe not to... not maybe not maybe fast not eating.
0: Not eating? Fasting? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not Fasting? eating because
1: because yeah. I eat when I don't feel well and I love right. eating like a lot or let me like go to a buffet mm-hmm. all you can eat me and my wife do that so uh <laughs> it's it's better to not eat that's how gotcha. i got but you just eat something i don't know like fruit fruit like, I, I eat banana food. like bananas so okay. it's like it's sweet it tastes yes. good yes so but then there's not a guilt to it
0: that's true and plus it's yeah. natural it's of yeah. it's of the earth yeah perfect perfect all right Okay, Michael, number three to top us off for three for the road. This one, I think, is can be quite simple. This is a fill in the blank, okay? A sign that a person is healing is?
1: Looking within.
0: Looking within. All right. All right. You did it, man. Well within five words, with words to spare, <laughs> Michael. I want to thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it.
1: I really—it's—it's it's been a pleasure and honor. Uh, I love your energy, your vibe, um, the rapport. You know, so I'm very happy to be on on the show.
0: Well, oh, thank you, my friend. Likewise, we are thrilled to have you here. And once again, for all the listeners. You can learn more about Michael by visiting his website, healfromthegroundup.com. And we'll also include direct links to the site, the podcast, and the books in the episode show notes. All right, man. It was great having you on, Michael. I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. And as a quick reminder, if you want heads-up VIP notifications of upcoming guests and episodes before those episodes are released, then you will want to join our emailing list at roadtorediscovery.com. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com. We're all roadies on this journey of life and it sure feels good having you on the journey with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. The Road
1: to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.